everybody. This is Just Sold with Bryn McIntosh from the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and joining me, as always, is Brent McIntosh. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Where are we going today? Boy, we're, we're walking a tight wire today, Bryn. Um, I've, I've got a friend of mine who's, who's um, maybe questioning, I'm going to question his judgment because he said yes. Uh-huh. He's, he's, he's joining us today. And um, he is the Honorable Cyril Turton, the MLA for Spruce Grove and Stony Plain, and the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Energy. And today we're going to talk about what do politicians do? Well, thank you, first of all, so much for joining us. And, and I think there's this huge misconception in the public, and, and hence why I wanted to do this topic today, about what does a politician actually do? Um, as you, you probably hear from your friends and, and even your constituents, that you, they probably don't think you do very much because uh, they, they see you on TV a couple times a year. And then other than that, you must be vacationing in Mexico, right? Well, I was more of a Hawaii guy myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> That is one of the big misconceptions out there for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, the life of a, of a public official, it's uh, it's 24-7. I get it at Safeway. Uh, you know, I'm talking to constituents when I'm at the Leisure Center, watching my kids play soccer. You know, I'm downtown Edmonton. So it, it truly is a 24-7 role. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I also question why I'm here. But for me, it's all about service and making the place that I call home a better place to live. Well, that's fantastic. Before we get into all that, let's talk about you personally. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I grew up in small town Saskatchewan, uh, Yorkton to be exact. And so uh, we came out of Saskatchewan off to Alberta in the late 90s. And we spent a couple years in Edmonton. And then I, uh, my family ended up moving out to the Spruce Grove Stony Plain area. This is where I graduated from high school. And so uh, this area has been home for me ever since. Um, you know, when I graduated from high school, I went to work in the oil patch. That's what everyone seemed to do in the late 90s. And uh, spent a couple years in oil exploration. I decided uh, I hated the out-of-town lifestyle, so I got into uh, construction. And so uh, I'm a dual-ticketed tradesman. I'm a German carpenter, German scaffolder. Mostly worked industrial for about 15 years. Um, about uh, my mid-30s, I wanted to try something completely different. So I got into technology sales for a large Fortune 500 technology company. Uh, spent about uh, seven, eight years there. And then um, on top of all that, uh, in 2010, I decided to run for city council in Spruce Grove and I was successful. So I served three times or three terms in city council. So um, from 2010 to 2019, I, I did my uh, my time on municipal government and then decided to throw my hat in the ring on the provincial side and was very successful in 2019 to be the first MLA for Spruce Grove and Stony Plain. So. Uh, fantastic. I guess l- let's start with why. Why would you want to serve in politics? Well, to be so, the the main reason why I wanted to run, and, and when I think politics, not just like provincial but municipal, mm-hmm. was I wanted a splash park built in Spruce Grove. I uh, was raising my, you know, my family and kids here in the city. Yeah. It drove me nuts that Stony Plain had a, a little medium-sized splash park, but Spruce Grove had nothing. Like, we had this little, like, the equivalent of a sprinkler out in the middle of a lawn, and we call that a splash park. When you see St. Albert, their splash park, other communities had one. And so that was the main thing. I was known as the splash park guy oh, wow. for uh, my first term and a half. And so... Um, 
I, I think, uh, you know, due to no small part because of my efforts that we were able to get an amazing splash park built in Spruce Grove just because I was squeaky enough about it. And obviously, anytime you go there on a, a nice warm summer day, it is just loaded, packed full of uh, families enjoying a free outdoor facility like that. And uh, that's kind of one of the main hooks that brought me into uh, municipal government almost uh, 12 years ago. So, And then why the switch to provincial politics? Well, that was that was a little bit more interesting. You know, in uh, 2017, I was running for re-election uh, municipally. It was my third term. And in prior years, it was always about, oh, sir, we need a, like a splash park or a rec facility or, or this sidewalk. It was all municipal issues. But when I was going door to door in 2017, you know, people kept coming up to me and saying, you know, sir, you know, the city's fine, but I have issues with this provincial issue or the carbon tax or the fact that the power plants west of Edmonton were closed on short notice or, you know, there was um, the perceived threats to education and, you know, and it was all these provincial issues, house after house after house and you know i always made it a point to door knock every house in the city which is no small feat i mean no. spruce grove is about thirty-six thousand people wow. and uh when i you know door knock that city i realized wow this area is hurting in terms of wanting a different vision for provincial matters and after i was successful running for my third term it was about four months after that that i announced that i'd be running for the nomination for the uh, ucp party at that point so it's, uh, yeah, I kind of took the long route there. I had to door knock the whole area a couple times before I finally, uh, you know, took the hint and decided to step up to a higher level of government. And do you like the new job, so to speak? Is, is this what you were intended to do? Well, I mean, I think COVID has probably messed up a lot of people's ideas of, um, you know, what they thought, you know, it's, uh, Sometimes I think elected officials and public services is, is a thankless job. I mean, I made a much more uh, money and, and had much more higher quality of life when I was in the private sector. But, you know, when you're representing the community that you call home and you can make some real big changes and, and have an influence on a really big shift. And no, granted, it's it's small changes. I mean, it's the kind of, you know, the difference between municipal versus provincial is the big fish, small pond, small you know, or big, you know, small fish, big pond kind of deal. But, you know, obviously having a, a real impact on some specific files that I feel pretty passionate about. And, but, um, but yeah, it's been tough decisions. I know with COVID-19, it's a very polarizing topic. There's obviously a lot of different opinions on it. Everything from restrictions to vaccines, everyone has an opinion and everyone's affected. And so, um, but, um, you know, now that I think that we're coming out of that, we can get back to uh, some of the core themes that I was excited about when I decided to run in 2019, like jobs in the economy. And so uh, that's what I'm hoping this last year and a half of this term will be focused on. The late great MLA, Gene Zwazdeski, uh, used to say that it was always humbling and exciting to be approached at a Safeway or a Sobeys or a coffee shop or whatever by somebody who obviously had a question. And he always said that the fact they were able to approach him probably just told those particular people how approachable he is. Do you like that when people just come up to you no matter where you are, provided you're not with your family on family time? But I guess is there really a, is there really is it a fine line between when people come up and talk to you or not? And do you like that? So I guess, so Mr. Zazdwesky, I can never pronounce his name. You'd think I would coming from Ukrainian background. Yeah. But, but I think it is a little bit of a difference between 
rural versus MLA, uh, rural versus urban. And uh, I know Gene represented kind of like the Millwoods area, if memory serves me right, that southeast corner. Yeah, and, and towards Vegreville as well, and that whole area there. But, man, he oh, was, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, the rural, so the urbans, we, we talk about this all, the urban guys, you can live in one riding, represent another riding, your kids go to school in another riding, and, you, and your spouse works in another one. And there's no sense of community that Edmonton Midwest, hypothetically, is my area, my identity. Yeah. But where, you know, guys like me, I represent Spruce Grove, Stony Plain. People live, work, play, go to church, go to hockey. Everything is in, like, when the grade six students write down in class, who's my MLA? They write down MLA turn. And so that's the different flavor that we can't escape like in rural areas because it's, you just can't, you know, hide in Edmonton like we do. So, um, so I, I appreciate it. I, I will admit my, my wife doesn't send me to the grocery store for milk anymore because sometimes like I'm gone for two hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I am an extrovert. I do enjoy talking with people. And, and most of the time the questions you get on the side, like in public like that are, um, are, are pretty tame. Uh, and the, and the more in-depth questions are people that I know more than an acquaintance level anyways. Right. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, it always depends upon the mood. Like sometimes I just want to hang out with my kids or I'm with my friends and I'm trying to give them the time of day. Right. And, yeah. and be present in that. And then all of a sudden I get sucked into the, um, sure. Politics world. And so is that the worst part of the job, sir? Social media is the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I can imagine that people are pretty brave on social media. And 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 and, uh, Facebook messengers and messages and and the tagging and the posts. I mean, you think about the difference we've come. So think of Ralph. Like everyone obviously remembers the myth of Ralph. Yep. And if in the late nineties, if you had an issue with Premier Klein at that point. You know, what do you do? You pull, you type away, you mail that letter, you walk down to that post office and yeah. you're mailing a physical letter. And then maybe two weeks later, you're like, okay, I'm going to organize a protest for yeah. three weeks from now because you can't change it once it's set. Now, everything I say is instantly tweeted, put on Facebook, um, put out. And if you don't like it and you're at two o'clock in the AM and sitting in your underwear, you can send your MLA and a mess immediate message where it causes my phone hypothetically to vibrate right away. And I'm looking at your venom or anger when yeah. I'm trying to play Lego with my kids. Yeah. Like that's the difference. Yeah. Well, that's the bane of my existence. Yeah. I, I can imagine that would be really tough. Well, let's talk. You, you did mention about all your door knocking. How does one get elected? Let's start there and, and, and let's try to uh, stay on the positive side here of being an elected official. How did you, so, how did you get elected? Well, first of all, you have to, uh, for on the provincial side, we're talking provincial? Yes. I guess? Yes, we'll, we'll stick okay. with that. Yep. So provincial, first of all, you have to pick a party that you want to run for, one that somewhat aligns with your values, uh, one that you mostly agree with, because we never always agree with everything with any party. Right. So yeah, they have to go through that nomination process to be the candidate. So I had to do that as well. Um, so after, when I announced I was going to run in the spring of, 2018 and it was almost a 10-month process to be the candidate to chosen as a candidate by just party members so when that was done then you have to kind of face the general electorate and so door knocking is obviously huge there's about 18,000 houses uh in spruce grove and stony plain and that's a you have to have a big team of volunteers to help door knock and signs and 
I mean, it's a it's a it's a pretty big deal. I mean, and there's a science to it. You you have a you have a lot of candidates that come in with hopes and dreams and very um, altruistic. But I mean, there is a science to the method. So even prior to getting elected uh, in 2010 for municipal council, I volunteered at about 12 different political campaigns. So I had lots of campaign experience and so for me it's just uh i can flip that switch really easy and now you're in campaign mode and so but it's tough i mean it takes you about four and a half months every evening 10 hours on saturdays 10 hours on sundays to actually physically be able to door knock that many houses wow so it's it's a big deal I lose. I always lose weight. My wife is always happy with how I look after watching <laughs> campaign because of all the walking. How much does it cost? Uh, so I think the last limits um, was about fifty grand. I mean, I think there's caps on for election spending. So about fifty grand provincially. There's some money you could spend in the pre uh, pre writ and and post writ, but I think all in all, like for the entire process, even outside of the actual campaign period, I think it costs about seventy thousand. So, I mean, most of that is um, donated. Uh, I mean, obviously, I have a, a cap on what I can spend personally. So, a lot of times, it's doing the ultimate sales gig and, and hoping that people will uh, support you and help donate to the cause. Yeah, you've, you've got to raise that money. Is that awkward for you to ask for that money? Um, well, for me, coming from sales, I'd, I'd probably say I, it maybe it's a little bit easier mm -hmm. um, than others. But I mean, there's a lot of support with all the different political parties to help you with that. So they'll help help uh, put big um, uh, fundraising events on and, and things like that to help support you. But it, it's a big part of the candidate's job is just constantly be thinking about raising money. I know when my nomination was settled at the end of November, this is November of 2018, and the election was, uh, I think, in April in 2019. Mm -hmm. So for the first month and a half, my number one priority was to raise like forty thousand bucks to to buy the know, signs and, and to to pay for the, the, yeah the yeah. signs, the brochures, the campaign space, the um, you know the the coffee for the volunteers, is the the phone bank systems like it's a. Like I said, it's it costs a lot. Now I'm thankful that we were able to, to do that, but I mean, it does take a it is a stressful time. I mean, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? You, right? you bet. Well, you're now a member of the ledge, and so what does that mean? What do you do there? Well, according to some people, all my only work is at the ledge. I don't do nothing anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I wish. So, but um, yeah. So as the MLA, there's 87 ridings here in the province. And uh, obviously, I'm a member of the UCP, so I'm a member of government. Um, and so, um, you know, I represent Spruce Grove and Stony Plain. And what does that mean is that, you know, I, a lot of my work is, is uh, deals with consultation with the various ministers when we uh, when upcoming legislation is coming out. So, for example, if we know that a, a bill is going to come out, sometimes weeks and maybe even months in advance to it actually coming to the legislature as a government caucus. We're talking about it, discussing it, trying to poke holes in it, ripping it apart, saying is this good, is this bad? And so it gets somewhat to a type of consensus with caucus that it's been refined. Then it comes to the chamber. And then when it comes to the chamber, that's the first time the opposition gets a chance to see it. And so then they start hammering it and things like that. And so 
Um, but for us government members, we, we've kind of mostly settled on this as our piece. No, some amendments are taking uh, into consideration, but um, so that's the, the my chamber life, and that hap- chamber life uh, chamber duty happens twice a year, once in the spring, once in the fall. Mm-hmm. But other than that, as an MLA. I'm in my constituency office. I'm out, you know, having coffee with local community leaders. I'm spending time out and about in my community. And I'm very thankful because Spruce Grove and Stony Plain is so compact. It's very small. I can get from one end of my riding to the other in 12 minutes. But there's some ridings. I'm just looking at the map here in my office. Um, it's it's like uh, Drumheller Stettler is the size of Belgium. Like that's a big riding for one guy to represent. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, he might have to go three hours from one end to the other. And so for me, I can be, my office is in a nice central place. I always have people coming by, giving me a call. So I spend a lot of my time on the phone and a lot of time on virtual meetings as well. And so, but it, it never ends. Like I said, I'm working at Safeway. I'm working at the TLC at the Transalta Tri Leisure Center, and then me also being because my riding is so close to Edmonton, I'm always being pulled into Edmonton for different events and to represent the premier. And now with my other duties that I take on uh, with my parliamentary secretary role, um, it just means that I'm, I'm really really busy. But it's fun work, and I enjoy it. How many I actually st- enjoy the constituents? The, I enjoy the constituency work and the parliamentary secretary work much better than I do the chamber. You, uh, sure. And and sorry, yeah, you you quickly said it there that you guys are in chamber twice a year. How many days is that? Uh, about each time is maybe about six seven weeks. Yep. So okay. so for example, uh, a day when I'm in chamber might mean I have to um, show up to the legislature for seven o'clock in the morning for some pre meetings. We start work at nine, and we could go to three or four o'clock in the morning, which or you- maybe right around the clock. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys were in session till three in the morning just a couple of days ago uh, as we're recording this and and to get it wrapped up before you guys closed up for Christmas, basically. Right. Yeah. And that just means I get one day to recuperate, get back to sleep. And then today I'm right back here. Um, you know, obviously I'm meeting with constituents. And so and there's been some times where we start, you know, the chamber and it's like three all of a sudden it's like three or four and then we're like, Oh wait, it's going later. Um, we got to call some guys to come in and spell us off because we're going around the clock. And then you have these MLAs coming into the chamber because they, because we take shifts, right? That's how we kind of go right around the clock. So we'll say your A shift, your B shift. And then everyone's on the phone trying to call MLAs from the other shift. And they're coming in half asleep at five o'clock in the morning to spell off the other guys that have been there for 24 hours straight. Wow. So, Hey, I've got to ask, do you remember the first time you walked in to the ledge on the floor as an MLA <laughs> and what was going through your brain as you see the clock at the one end on the wall and this is all you've seen on television or maybe you went there as a guest or a visitor at one time, but now you're you're representing people. Do you remember that first do you remember that first day vividly? So I remember walking into the gallery because um, I like I was brand new, wasn't even allowed <laughs> to get out on the floor yet. And I walked out in the gallery, and I'll I'll admit I actually uh, I teared up. Like I, I was wasn't quite like crying, but it's emotional because you try so hard for this opportunity to serve in this capacity. And I I legit, I mean I had to stop and actually gather myself because you think of the history of you know like in the history I got a plaque that says I'm the nine hundred 
950th person in the history of Alberta to have served in the legislature. I think we're up to about 962 because it goes according to alphabet. There's a couple of people after me. But in the whole hundred some odd year history of Alberta, only like 960 some odd people. And you look at the room and you're like, Ralph Klein sat there. Peter Lockheed sat there, you know, Don Getty or Aberhart, like just the history, like if walls could talk. And uh, I got actually quite emotional about it. And um, it, it is a, an absolute honor. Like anytime I was like, oh, this, this is mundane. But then I look around and like, think of the people and, and, and the decisions made in this room. Like Peter Lockheed decided to put forth the legislation to get the oil sands going hypothetically. Like, like, I mean, there's a lot of history in that room and like the queen sat in that chair, you know, <laughs> you think of it like, I mean, I was able to take my grandma when I was elected and uh, for a tour and all she wanted to do was sit in the speaker's chair. Cause she's like, the queen yeah. sat here. So for that week I was the, her favorite grandson, which I really enjoyed. No one else could compete with me. So it was, it was, it was good. Oh, that's excellent. And, and great question, Bryn. Absolutely great question. And now I'm going to get back to a little bit the nitty gritty about that's what right. you do. No, um, staff, how many staff members do you have personally for your team? Uh, I have um, one full-time. I have another part-time person, a full-time and a part-time here in Spruce Grove yep. at my office. And then I share a staff member uh, in Edmonton with another MLA. And then I have a whole bunch of other auxiliary team members that help support me. Everything from speeches to fundraising to scheduling. So, it, uh, you know, even for example, I have a lot of people that, um, you know, help even monitor my Facebook account. Because sure. just, you know, monitoring that, it's just a 24-7 job, that's for sure. How often do, does the entire party meet? The UCP party, how often do you guys meet in person? Well, we're in chamber. Um, like we see each other daily at that point. But yep. now that we're out of session, um, you know, it, at least once a month as an entire caucus. Yep. Um, but we have committee meetings that happen weekly. So we'll, I'm the chair of the um, Capital Region Caucus. So of the nine MLAs in the Edmonton area, I help lead that core group. And so Edmonton area focused um, so we meet like every couple of weeks and then there's always different committees that you end up seeing other MLAs, but we probably outside of session, maybe come together once every couple of weeks. And that's what I was going to ask is, as how many committees are you on? What, what, what committees are you on? Uh, I, it's, if it, if you put a gun to my head, I would probably forget some of the committees that I'm on. I'm on so many, I mean, just, uh, just a couple. So I'm the chair of the capital region caucus. Um, I'm also on the trades caucus. So that's, a, we deal with a lot of trades and apprenticeship issues. Um, I also serve on the energy caucus. So anytime there's energy matters, energy companies want to meet, I sit on that one. I'm also the private, I was appointed by the premier to be the private sector union liaison. So I, uh, I lead all government consultations with private sector unions. I was recently appointed as a parliamentary secretary for energy. So that takes up a lot of my time as well. Um, I also sit on a number of legislative committees that uh, review legislation before. So we were really busy in the summer. We're kind of going through a lull for about the next month, but then we'll kick it back up to high gear as we review legislation for the spring session. And uh, I'm on a number of search committees because as a city councillor, 
I used to participate in executive level searches. And so they figure that out. And so I'm on a number of search committees for the child youth advocate or the privacy commissioner. And so uh, I'm actively involved in those. So I, I think off the cuff, I'd probably say close to about maybe 12 different <laughs> committees that all meet like sometimes every two yeah. weeks, three weeks, but it's a, it's a busy, busy, busy time. And, and the next question I wrote down for myself here was uh, how many meetings do you attend per year? Do you even know that number? No clue. <laughs> Just too many. Yeah. yeah. Un unfathomable and uncountable. Yeah. yeah. It, it, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds. Like, I mean, it, cause it's not even just the meetings like with the legislative side, then there's all the, all the meetings on the constituent, oh, sorry, on the constituency side with like the mayor of Spruce Grove, the mayor of Stony Plain. I'm giving presentations to those respective councils here, hopefully by the end of the year, FCSS, the library boards, the sports associations want to meet with me. So, so I have the legislative work and then the constituency work. It just means I work all the time. Okay, well, I, I'll wrap up here real quick. But a couple of little quick ones. Um, do you guys get benefits? Um, Dental, health, yeah. eyeglasses. Yeah, we, we yeah, yeah. So we yeah we get a, we get a health plan. Um, no pension. Everyone thinks that that was going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah, no pension. The federal guys get a pension. Uh, provincial politicians used to get pension um so i think ralph klein got rid of that there used to be a severance um i think Alice and redford got rid of that so i, I have like a, a basic matching rsp program it's you know it's nothing uh to laugh at but it's also nothing in, in the tune of a defined benefit pension plan so the second i'm no longer an elected official the benefits stop the paychecks stop and you're out uh, looking for new work at that point where do you see yourself in five years uh, well, five years, um, I, I would hope probably winding up my second potential term as a government member. I think that would, uh, that would probably be appropriate in five years time. I mean, the next election is in 2023. And then, uh, so yeah, five years, I'd be in the middle of that. Um, hopefully having the opportunity to serve at a higher level, like with, with, uh, within the government here and, um, and still happily married and having my kids still like me. Like <laughs> that, me that's that's, a, that's a better one. How about uh, farther than five years out? Do you see yourself as a premier candidate someday? No. No, that's not, you don't no, have aspirations I, to, to lead the party? No, I think you um, asked me that when I was a young up-and-comer, maybe in my early 20s, I probably would have thought so, but... Uh, when I see the workload that um, the Premier has, and, and uh, Premier Kenny is an absolute uh, workhorse, right? And, you know, I, I, um, I, I enjoy spending time with my family. I enjoy trips. I enjoy downtime. And uh, that's a lot of work. And so uh, there's a lot of different ways to serve. But I, I don't see uh, a Premier uh, uh, potentially in those cards. So if, if it was, I would be dragged kicking and screaming to that position. It's definitely not something I'm gunning for. Well, Cyril, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us and appreciate your service to the Alberta legislature. How do people get a hold of you? How do they get in touch with you? And, and with these people that I'm, that I'm um, sending your way, that I want them to send you good vibes, not complaints. How, how I was, I was a 
Yeah, I always appreciate good vibes. Obviously, they can shoot a, a message to me on Facebook or Twitter, or else they can shoot me an email to my constituency office. I'm, I absolutely love responding to emails, and phone calls are always the best. So if they call, my, contact my office here in Spruce Grove and Stony Plain, my, my wonderful staff will find a time in which uh, we can all work out. And I just love those human-to-human uh, conversations. That's always best. Cyril Turton, you're a good man. Uh, we'll put your uh, email address and phone number in the show notes for anyone who does want to get in touch with you. Thank you again for joining us. Hey, and before you go, Brent, we've got to ask how do people get a hold of you? Well, they can reach us directly if they've got some real estate needs here in the Edmonton area at 780-464-0075 or find us on the web at macintoshgroup.ca. Guys, great stuff today. That's it for the time. It goes by so quickly. Make sure you do check us out on the website. That's great. Uh, Thanks for tuning in today. My name is Brent Griffiths. He is Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time. 